Tonight we're going to talk for a few minutes about vision and values, and we're going to talk uh, specifically about uh, uh, team member values. And uh, and so I, I'd like you to have this handout uh, to take as a as a reminder, and that you can keep it uh, inside of yourself and digest it and all that good stuff. Okay, who still needs one? Who still who who's still waiting? Anybody else? Everybody got one? Who needs a pen? No, I don't care. I don't. Know. <laughs> um. A couple of years ago, this has probably been a couple of decades ago, uh, some of you have heard this story, I've told this story before, um, there was a uh, movement that resulted in many salvations in California called uh, Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. Some of you are familiar with that. How many of you remember that? Okay, so Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames was uh, a really lame uh, play. Um, by all intents and purposes, it was just a very melodramatic uh, depiction of, uh, of eternity right and and coming to eternity and uh and showed families being separated you know one going to heaven another going to hell and and, and there was a it, it was had a lot of gold lame on on the on the stage and um uh, very 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 melodramatic it was the only way i can describe it there was a touch on it God, god's grace was on on the uh uh on the play and in particular in a couple of different cities uh, many hundreds and thousands of people uh, came to the Lord. We, we hit, it came in Hanford. It came through a couple of times, and we hosted it one year. And, um, and uh, the church grew because of it, because we had some incredible salvations and families restored, and uh, really neat things that happened. I don't remember if it was the second year or the third year. We decided to partner with another church, um, and we would do it together. And we did it on their campus. And um, and the the first week. When they opened, it was so successful uh, that they had to keep adding nights during the week. It was kind of one of these things that, you know, like people kept coming back and it's full again while well, we keep doing it. Well, they did it for, I think, a full week, maybe two weeks. And it just, it was just like the demand and people, families were coming, people were getting saved. At the end of two weeks, almost every night, um, everyone was exhausted that was a part of the, uh, a part of the play. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it's one thing if you sign up to do it for a week. Oh, I'll do it an extra week. Uh, but now we're going to go into week three, and not only is it the people in the play, but also the campus that's hosting it, the church that's hosting it, all of their facilities, crew, everything. They were exhausted. And they said at that point, uh, we can't handle it. Right? We, we've got to stop. Uh, and, and, uh, and so we, had to, we, we stopped the, uh, the play at that point because... We had to, practically speaking, we, we, we didn't have the resources to be able to continue. And I remember for years my dad would tell me that story and, and uh, tell me about the cost of revival, uh, the cost of, uh, of when, when God begins to move and something begins to happen uh, inside of a community. Uh, it's super exciting. It's very exciting on the front end uh, when people get saved. Easter was really cool, right? Easter was very exciting. We had you know, lots of people come and get saved. When that starts happening every week, um, it, it's, uh, it's even more exciting. There's a lot of excitement here tonight. I love that, right? There's an anticipation of, of God moving. When God starts to move, there's excitement, there's anticipation. You start to see the harvest coming in. Uh, and uh, for a while, you just, you just sort of live off of the excitement. Uh, and then you start getting tired. Uh, and, and when you're tired, it, it's not quite as exciting as it was once upon a time. It's not quite as easy to go and serve one more time 
it's not quite as easy to keep the right attitude. It's not quite as easy to keep. You know, on, on this end of it, when you're anticipating it, you think, man, if that comes, I'll give everything. I'm in. I'm, but, but when the work really comes, it, it's another perspective, right? We, we, we start to have to, to really put the rubber to the road. Uh, and and the, the reason I share that story is because um, when it really starts to get to be work, when it really starts to get to be difficult, that's when you have to really decide, what do I believe about what God has called me to do? What do I believe about who I am? What do I believe about what the church is? And, and you have to go back to your core understanding of the value system that you live by as a follower of Jesus. Because if you don't go back to that, you make decisions based on your fatigue level, you make decisions based on how much resources it feels like you have, you know, all kinds of other re things that you start to revert to in times of pressure. It's the same thing with crisis, right? When, when, a, when you go through crisis, what you discover is what you really value. It's, 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 you can talk about what you value, and you can say this and that is important to me, but when you go through crisis, then you really find out what you really believe about marriage, what you really believe about church, what you really believe about relationship, what you really believe about commitment, all those kinds of things. Uh, and, and so it's your value system that determines what you do in moments of crisis, what you do in moments of harvest, what you do when you get tired, what you do when you get fatigued, what you do when there's too many people, when there's too many kids in the classroom, when there's too many things to deal with, when there's too many requests, when there's too many uh, mouths at the table, all those kinds of things. You have to go back to fundamentally, right, if we're going to be the people of God, we have to go back to the right value system because otherwise we'll get pulled in all kinds of different directions. So I'm gonna, I want to talk to you tonight about, uh, about values as a team because the values that we hold together as a team uh, of servant leaders at Koinonia uh, is really, really critical for us to stay united. Uh, again, it's all great when everything's great, but when things are not so great is when we decide what we really believe about each other, what we really believe about unity, what we really believe about working together, all those kinds of things. So I wanna talk about that. Uh, so, uh, but first I wanna ask you, do you know our current vision statement for the church? Anybody? Somebody, well, you can't, Sylvia, you can't raise your hand. <laughs> Who can tell me? Someone, S shout it out, somebody. I hear the first three words, igniting contagious faith. In the one God. Somebody stand up and tell it to me. Who's got it? Who knows it? Stand up. You know it? Okay. <laughs> okay. Did the values go up there? We didn't put the values up there, right? Okay. Who can tell me the five values that we hold as core values within the church. Anyone? Listen, I'll give you 60 seconds to talk together to come up with a complete list, and I will give you a prize, whoever can tell me, right? Go. Write it down. Anybody? Nobody? No. Google it. There is, no, there is enough time. All right, I have a 111 gift card here for the person who can tell me our values. Who, who's gonna stand up and tell it to me? Who can tell me one? No, love is not, well I mean we don't value love at all. 
You can't be on staff. All right, Josh, stand up. Jesus is everything. Holy Spirit led. People matter. This dude is really hitting 100%. Transform lives. What's the last one? Oh. The other Josh. The other Josh helped you out. The rest of you, I am incredibly disappointed. Where have you guys been? Okay, we talk about these every year. Write them down, right there, write them down right there. Okay, now listen, those are our church core values. As, I, as we say all the time, there's many more other value, values that are important to the church. It's not like those are the only ones, but those, those are five that we think really, uh, as a church, it's important for us to know, to remember, uh, to value uh, in who God has made us as a church at Koinonia. Uh, that's our church core values. What I want to talk to you tonight is our team core values. So you're a servant leader serving on the team at Koinonia Church. There are many teams at Koinonia Church. We're here together as a, you know, sort of a team of teams, right? We, we serve on different teams in different places, and, but we need to share the same core values as team members in this church. Uh, and, and we need to be able to embrace the value system, the core values of the team so as an individual member, we have to embrace the values because if we don't embrace and know what the values are, then we end up functioning in a different set of values on the same team, which happens all the time, right? We ask somebody who acted weird and we say, why did you do that? And they say, well, I thought that was the right thing to do. I mean, that happens all the time because th we have different sets of values and in moments of pressure and crisis, we always revert to our core values, personally speaking. So it's important for us to understand there, there are some things that we value uh, as a team at Koinonia. The problem is, is that many times we make the assumption that we all share the same values, but we don't, right? And, and I'll, I make that mistake all the time. I say, well, isn't it obvious that you're supposed to have a servant attitude, for example? That would be a, an important value, uh, but it's not always obvious to everyone. Right. And, and, and so we have to make sure that we are on the same page, which is uh, what tonight is about. Values are nice ideas. Many times we'll, we'll put them on the wall. We'll talk about them. Uh, but it's really when we live them out and keep each other accountable to them that they make a difference. So I don't I don't want to just share these this evening. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that a nice idea? What, what I, I really want us to I want us to live these out and look for ways to live these out uh, in our life of service at the church, okay? So, now, I, I do want to say this right before we go into the notes there. I'm going to give you the values that we're going to talk about this evening, is that I'm assuming, I'm assuming, and it's, I know it's a big assumption, but I'm assuming that we are believing in Jesus Christ, that we have a biblical value of the Word of God, and we're going to think biblically, right? And so, that, that, that's, that's my assumption tonight. So, I, so I'm, I, I know that, I just want you to know that that's where we're coming out of. I'm, a, I'm assuming that we understand or that we, we're, we're, we're sharing a sense of biblical mission, that God has placed the church here on the earth, uh, and that the kingdom of God is being advanced, and we're a part of his family, the bride of Christ is being made beautiful, it's the church, all those things. We value the church, we value, the, that, that's an assumption. I'm assuming we have an understanding of biblical leadership, of, of 
pastors and eldership and structure and all those things that are in the New Testament, right? I'm assuming that we value generations, that we're going to have all the generations within the church, that one generation is not valued more than the other or less than the other. I'm assuming the value of unity, okay? So there's some assumptions we're making, but I'm doing that in order to dig into the specifics of when I come to serve on the church in my team, whatever team it is, whether you're on the worship team or you're in children's ministry or in production team, whatever of the many teams that we have at the church, wherever you serve, we should all share these same values. They're expressed in many different ways, but we need to understand uh, and adopt these values together. And I want to call them out so that we can measure ourselves against them and move ourselves to them if we need to. Now, I want you to remember this. It's on your notes there, right there under team values. We are more about being than doing. So when we're talking about these values, I'm not just trying to give you a set of things that you can do. What we're trying to do is we're becoming like Jesus. We're becoming like Christ. We, we understand that we are in process and we're always in process and everyone is allowed to be in process. So we're not looking for perfection. We're not looking that you, you know, you're somehow going to do everything perfectly. What we're looking for is that you are moving towards the direction uh, of this I idea that Christ in us is the hope of glory and he's transforming us little by little. Okay, you with me? Okay, so number one, first value that I want to talk to you about tonight, write it down, is integrity. Integrity. Integrity is this, we just kind of put this as a saying, we are the same person in every area or part of our lives. We are the same person in every part of our lives. Integrity, uh, there's a verse for you, Proverbs 10, 9, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. When I think about integrity, I think about, for example, the stage, uh, and I was, well, the other day I was walking on, um, as you have before, uh, down, down the street, and they were doing some work on the sidewalk, and they had put over a piece of plywood over what I'm sh assuming was a hole in the sidewalk. And, uh, and I was walking with some people, and I just kind of stepped around that, that piece of plywood uh, because I'm not always so sure about the integrity uh, uh, of that piece of plywood, right? I've seen, I've seen those videos uh, where people just go straight through, right? So integrity has to do with how solid the substance is, the thing is. Uh, and so it's, it's reliable, it's dependable, because you understand that the material with which it's made is consistent enough to be able to support weight. Uh, and, and so when we talk about integrity, what we're seeing is, is that throughout your character, throughout the person that you are, when you have integrity, you are essentially the same person in every role that you play in your life. Not that you don't play different roles, we all do. Sometimes we're, we're, we're a dad, or, uh, or we're a brother, or, or we're a work person, you know, there's all kinds of different, we're a friend, there's all kinds of different roles we play, but integrity says we're the same consistent character through, uh, we have the same consistent character through all of those roles. In other words, we're not saying lies over here and gossip, and then over here when we come to church, and I'm, bless God, I'm looking at, you know, and we're acting like we really know what we're talking about, right? But, but that we're, we're consistent in who we are. Uh, Luke 16, 10, uh, you don't have this on your notes, it says, one who is faithful in very little you know this verse, is also faithful in much. One who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. And there's, there's this integrity says, everything matters that I do. There are no small, unimportant, white lies. There, there are, there, there's nothing that, that I can sort of get away with that doesn't compromise the rest of who I am. Uh, here, here's the definition, if you, I don't think it's on the screen, integrity, maybe it is, is the practice of being honest 
and showing a consistent and uncompromising adherence to strong moral and ethical principles and values. Right? It, it's that consistency throughout. I'll read you this illustration. Throughout his administration, Abraham Lincoln uh, was a president under fire, especially during the scarring years of the Civil War. We know this, right? And though he knew he would make errors in his office, he resolved never to compromise his integrity. So strong was this resolve that he once said, I desire so to conduct the affairs of this administration that if at the end, when I come to lay down the reins of power, I have lost every other friend on earth, I shall at least have one friend left, and that friend shall be down inside of me. Right? Integrity says, man, I, at the end of the day, I have to live with myself. And, and I serve the audience of one, nobody, no one else might ever see this. God is in me, it might be the only ones that will ever see this. But because I am passionate about doing things with integrity, then I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to keep acting like I should, right? Because when no one sees us, heaven sees us, and we see us. Uh, and and when, when you are a person of integrity, what you end up breeding is trust, because the people around you, they begin to understand who you are, uh, and they begin to trust you at a higher level. The people that are, their story's always changing. You don't trust them for very long, right? They're always changing their story. They, they tell you they're going to do something, they don't follow through. They all, it always sounds really good up front, but then something is always missing on the other side. There's an integrity problem. Right? And so as a leader, as a servant leader uh, at, at Koinonia, what we're seeking is we're seeking to grow in integrity. We're seeking to grow in consistency. I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. I'm not going to make promises. I can't, I, I'm, I'm learning that I have to be careful. Um, I have to be careful just to say my good intentions out loud because it's a, an integrity problem. The other day somebody, somebody uh, told me uh, about a video they wanted me to watch. I said, I'll try to watch that. And I thought, you're not going to watch that. You're really not. You just said that because you want to make them feel better like you are, care about what they said, and you somehow felt pressure to, to say a commitment. I kind of tried to hedge my bet. I'll try to watch it. I'm not going to try to watch it. Right? Say, well, that's nice. Isn't it interesting? Why don't you watch that for me? You know. I, I, being a, but it's important. What you say is important. What you do is important. So, so we want to be, we're not talking about perfection. Hear me now. We're not talking about perfection. We're talking about moving towards more and more integrating our biblical values in every area of our life. And when we come to an area of our life and we find inconsistency, we find a lack of integrity, we say, oh, God, forgive me. That's right. I acknowledge that. I, didn't, I shouldn't have done that. That's not. And, and we begin to adjust and we correct it. There is room for you to be imperfect on the team at Koinonia. Okay, but there's not room for you to be obstinate and resistant and say, I'm, I don't have problems. We all got problems. Get over yourself, right? We all got growth to do, right? And, and so, so let's keep moving in the direction. Let's keep showing that, that we think integrity is important, all right? So number one, integrity. Everybody say integrity. integrity. Let's be people of integrity. Let's grow in that arena. Let's find that as we do that, on, your team will be stronger the more, uh, more integrity you have. Right? Because as a whole, you'll be able to trust one another, you, you, can, you can accomplish more, there's confidence, and you'll find all of a sudden you start, to, you start to move at a higher level as a team together because we are moving with this value of integrity. Second value that I want to talk about is servanthood. Would you say servanthood? servanthood. 
This is obvious. I mean, we think it's obvious. We are happy to be treated like Jesus. Would you say that with me out loud? We are happy to be treated like Jesus. Would you say it with a smile on your face? We are happy to be treated like Jesus. How was Jesus treated? Terrible. Terrible. We are happy to be treated like Jesus. Right? When I'm a servant leader at Koinonia, you, you, if you're in children's ministry, you know this very well. Parents will come to you and they will treat you like you are absolute garbage. You, any children's ministry people here? Am I telling, am I telling a lie or am I telling the truth? That you, you get mistreated all the time, not just by the kids, by the parents. Right? I am happy to be treated like Jesus. I don't, I don't do this for you. I do this for Jesus. Right? I don't do this for your kids. I do this for Jesus. Right? And so it changes, when, when we understand the value of servanthood, it changes the way that we come to the thing. Uh, we're coming with an attitude of saying, I am doing this for the Lord. Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. We know that that is our model. We know Jesus is our model. We are, we are now called to be servants. Servants are treated, the, the word, we, I've talked about this before, the word is slave, it's not servant. The word in the scripture is, that's usually translated uh, servant is almost always slave, doulos. And, and a slave is someone who is legally owned by someone else and whose entire livelihood and purpose was determined by their master. Now listen, if that's your value, then it's got to change the way that you show up to serve. And I tell you what, that is counter everything in your flesh. That is counter everything in the world. That is counter every, I mean, when, when, like if I really say, wait a second, uh, I'm a slave? I'm a slave? I don't want to, I, I don't like being a slave. A slave shows up when they're told to show up. They're, they do the job they're told to do, and they smile, and they do it, right? Now, none of us like that, even saying that, oh, man, Andrew, what are you talking about? You're starting to, you know, you're going well, to act this kind of spiritual authority thing. I'm just saying that's just what the scripture says, is, is that we have to bring an attitude that is an attitude of a servant. Uh, Romans 6.22, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification, and its end is eternal life. So uh, you might write this, this down just under slavery. What, what do you get, not under slavery, under servanthood? Might as well call it slavery. <laughs> we just like to call it servanthood. It sounds better. Servanthood we choose, so we like it. I'm choosing to be a servant. Well, yeah, I understand you choose to be a servant, but really, Scripture says you're a slave. You're a slave of God. Now, we, don't, we get it all mixed up because then we're like, well, that means if I'm, if I'm a slave, then I can be abused. You know? If, I, if I'm a slave, that means that then my leaders can misuse and mistreat me. Yeah, it's true. Does it mean it's right? No. It doesn't, but we, we don't change the definition of the Scripture based on our personal preference. And so we have to be careful. We're bringing an attitude that is correct. I, I said, write this down. What do you get with servanthood? You get humility. Humility is when you not think less about yourself, but you think about yourself less. You're not thinking about yourself so much. You get obedience with servanthood. Obedience is major. There's nothing like a team member that simply decides 
to be obedient to what they're asked to do. There's something powerful that happens there on the team, right? Uh, but, but we all like, ah, why, did, why did they give me that job? I'm, I would be much better in that other job, right? Why do they have to give that one to John? I thought, John's crappy at that job. I'm the one that could do that <laughs> job, you know? But I tell you what, if you just shut your mouth and you put a smile on your face and you do the thing you're asked to do, Ooh, there's something that's happening inside of you. There's a character formation that's going on there. You, got, you know who's watching? God is watching, right? You don't serve for man. You serve for God. You're told to do something? Just do it. And do it with a smile on your face and say, I'm doing it for the Lord. Because really, if you're not doing it for the Lord, what are you doing? Who, who are you trying to impress, right? We're not trying to impress each other. We're not trying to give this is not some kind of game we're playing. We're trying to be popular in the club. and who can. No, no, we're, we're serving the Lord. So let's act like we serve the Lord. So we get humility, we get obedience, we get commitment. If you're a servant, then you're committed. That means you show up when you're supposed to show up. That means you're not always late. It means you're not always leaving early. It means you're not always switching around your schedule. I'm not saying you can't switch around your schedule. I'm not saying you're the worst if you show up late. I'm not saying you're the worst if you leave early. I'm just saying if you really are committed, then some of that will be adjusted. You will actually readjust your schedule, your fun time around your commitments versus the other way around. Oh, you know, it's kind of good weather this weekend. I'd like to go to the coast. Let me, but, you know, let me just see if I can change it. And then lastly, you get attitude. Humility, obedience, commitment, and attitude. A servant attitude, you can't beat a servant attitude. Right? A servant attitude says, it is my pleasure to serve. It is my pleasure to do that for you. You want me to do that thing that I don't want to do? It is my pleasure to do that. Why? Because I'm doing it for the Lord. I ain't doing it for you. Now, you, you can say that to the person. That's not the smart way of doing it. But ultimately, right, you do it for the audience of one. We serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, when I say all of these things, and I, I, I probably don't have to say this caveat, but I'm, I'm not ever advocating an abusive situation where you're in a spiritual abusive situation. They're telling you to do something that's morally wrong, and you're getting mad. That, that is not in any way what I'm suggesting. But I am suggesting that we decide things are spiritually abusive way too soon because we don't like what we're told to do sometimes. And so we get an attitude often way too soon when the Lord is just beginning to work on our character of crushing our selfishness, crushing our self-centeredness, crushing our pride, crushing our understanding of who we are, allow yourself to be crushed a little bit. You'll get so much more beautiful. You'll get so much more beautiful. All right, number three. You guys are all beautiful, by the way. Number three, our third value here is I want you to put family and, or, and team. You can put family slash team. You put team, put family. This idea is not just like, family uh, in your house, but that we are a family together. We're a team together. And here's, here's how we say it. We are committed to the crew. We are committed to the crew. Thank you, Candace, I think, for that one. Ephesians 1.5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. It's, it's wonderful to be in God's family. It is inc it's an incredible honor to be adopted into his family uh, and, and that we get to serve together. The value of team, what that means is that what we see uh, when we look at each other is we see people that we are committed to, that we love, and that we serve. So when I go to serve on my team, these are not just people that I serve alongside. These are my, this is my family. Th these are the people that I have their back. They have my back. 
Right? These are the people that, that I, I love. I, I, we're, we're working together to get something done. We're not just trying to independently do things. We're working together. See, everybody in this room, we're working together. We may have very many different types of roles represented in here. Some people are on a platform. Some people are behind a platform. Some people are in classrooms. Some people, you know, there's all different kinds of people that are here in the room. We are working together to get something done. We are working together to see the kingdom of God come in this community. We're working together to see everything that is done together is, is what happens. Uh, it results in things like Easter Sunday and 90 people recommitting or giving their life to Christ. That's because not just Andrew got up there and preached, it's because we are moving together to see the church be beautiful, to be a powerful force in this community to see God's will being done. Now, that means we're going to have to be committed to one another that we're going to have to love one another, that we're going to have to be grateful for each other rather than just see each other as pains in the butts. <laughs> it means we make room for each other. When, when, when you have a value of, of team in this way, of family in this way, that means you make room for people's personalities, for their uniquenesses, or their strangenesses. You make room for their brokenness, Right? And, and because, because they're my family. I mean, you've got a family like I do. I've got some weird people in my family. I mean, some days I go, my Lord, would you just take them to heaven? Would you just deliver me from them? But the reality is I know what's happening. I, I know that my family, I'm talking about my blood family, my weird you know, right now, that they, they adjust and change some things inside of me. My, my decision to love them, to, to make room for their brokenness, to make room for their weirdness, that is a beautiful thing. In the Lord's hands, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, and so we have to do that for one another. We make room for each other. We value each other. One of the ways, one of the ways this value is expressed is that we assume the best about our teammates rather than the worst. Somebody doesn't do what they th you thought they were going to do, don't just assume the worst. Don't, oh, yeah, they did it again. Maybe, they ha maybe there's a legitimate reason here, right? Maybe there's another side to the story. Well, let's assume the best. You know what? I know them. They're on my team. They're my blood. They're my family. They're part of the God's house. You know, we're, we're working on this together. There, there's probably a reason. There's probably a good reason. Even if there's not a good reason, I'm going to cover them, right? Even if there's not a good reason, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way to make this work because at the end of the day, we are in this thing together. And so when I win, you win. When you win, I win. When you cry, I cry. You know how it goes, but let's not make it just something that we say, that we're actually living this out uh, as we serve with one another. You with me? Family. Number four, fourth value is growth, is growth. We never stop learning. We never stop learning. We never stop growing. First Timothy 4.15, this is a neat verse. Practice these things, Paul says to Timothy. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. God wants you to grow. God wants you to actually not just show up, he wants you to grow up, right? He, he, he wants you to actually to, to move beyond where you're at. And I just want to say, well, this is, of course, one of our church values, right? Transform lives. This is, this is also one of our team values, that we are expected to grow. We are expected to grow in skills. We're expected to grow in our character, we're expected to grow in integrity. We're expected to grow in these values. That's just an expectation that we have of growth. We're, we're not going to stay the same. And if you're staying the same after year after year after year, then together we're going to hold each other accountable. What's up with you? Hey, it's time. 
It's time for you to adjust some things. You're, you're, still, in that, you're still in that same plot? Well, come over here. Come over here. You're still in that same place? You don't have to stay there. Why don't you come over here? And we, I'm not talking about being mean. I'm not talking about getting in people's face and start yelling at them. I'm just saying the, the value of team says, I'm not just going to leave my family. I'm going to help my family. I'm going to help them grow and bring them along. Now, it's interesting that growth requires challenge. If you look at any system, biologically speaking, if there's no resistance and stress, there is no growth. Uh, and so plants, they don't grow in a zero-gravity environment. They, they have to, they, you know, they don't grow well, at least. Uh, and, and so that, that resistance of the soil, of the gravity, of the different things causes them to grow and become better. And so you actually need some things to go wrong in your life, or you need some resistance, you need some pressure, you need some stress in order to help you grow. If your life is perfect, there's no reason for you to change, and all of you need to change, <laughs> including myself. And, and so what, one of the things that we do when we have a value of growth is we continue to put ourselves into places that are challenging. We continue to stretch ourselves so that we grow, because the moment we become comfortable, we think we got it, we stop growing. And we, and we go into, in, into neutral and it becomes a dangerous place. So continue to grow. What are you feeding yourself? What are you challenging yourself with? What environments are you putting in yourself? How are, at, when you come uh, to serve, choose to challenge yourself to do better. Choose to challenge yourself. Maybe if, you, if it requires preparation, what you're doing, prepare a little bit more. Don't wait to the last minute. And if if you've got to show up in a certain way, do a little extra. Right? If, 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 whatever is required of you, stretch yourself a little bit. What are you doing to feed yourself to get better at the thing that you're serving in? Don't just rely on your leader to do it. Don't, I mean, you can actually go out and do it. Each one of us, as we take responsibility to grow, we begin to ask, how can I grow in this? So when, when you grow, that means there's accountability. This value of growth means there's accountability. Others know what you're supposed to be doing. So on your team, it, there shouldn't be secrets in, ter in terms of whose job is whose. Because you need to know that it's somebody else's job to do that, and it's th they need to know that it's my job to do this, and that way when, when we can keep each other accountable. So, uh, so accountability comes along with this. Um, quality or competence comes along with this. Uh, when I say growth, that means there's an expectation that we're getting better. Are you perfect? No, we're never gonna be perfect. Can you show up and do things imperfectly? Absolutely, we're all gonna do that. We're not looking for perfection. That's not our goal. The goal is not perfection. Our goal is growth. Our goal is to get better. If, if I don't get better at teaching God's word year after year after year, you better say at some point, Cromwell, there's a problem. What you doing? You know, you're coasting. You're not, are you not studying? Do you forget how to read? You know, what's, what's your deal? Right? With me, you've got to say it rude because I, I won't get it if you say it nice. So growth means accountability. Growth means that you're going to become more confident. Growth means you need to be courageous. Because if you don't have courage to fail, then you're not going to grow. If you're always staying safe and, and, you're always not, and you're not willing to do difficult things, then you're not really going to grow. And so courage is needed here. Faith is needed. Like, I'm going to step out. I'm going to keep going. I don't know how to do that. Boy, you're asking, they ask you to do something. Your leader asks you to do something that's beyond you. Well, I don't know how to do that. Can you teach me? Can I learn? Don't just say no. Say, well, by the grace of God, there go I. You know, maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit is real, and he'll show up. Maybe he can help me. Okay, all right. I believe the Holy Spirit's real, by the way. 
Number five. Number five, bring your best. Bring your best. We bring our best for Jesus. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, read this with me, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Work at it with all your heart, right? Whatever you do. So I just want to challenge you, always our attitude, our value is we're going we're to bring our best. I'm not going to bring seconds. I'm not going to bring thirds. I'm not going to bring part, partially, stop, partially baked things. Again, hear me. I'm not saying we have to be perfect. I'm just saying wherever you are, you can always do your best. And, and we all know when we don't bring our best. We all know when, when, when we're just like floating or sliding. We're just kind of, ah, we're just barely making it. You know, we're, we're, and, and, and there's a difference. When, when, um, when the woman comes in and brings the alabaster jar and breaks it over Jesus' feet, right? she brings this very valuable perfume that's worth a lot of money, and she gives it to Jesus. Our lives are the alabaster jar. Our, our service is to be the best. We're supposed to bring to Jesus the best of what we have. Not good enough. Not just good enough. It's easy to do good enough. Anybody can do good enough. Our value is we're going to bring the best. Because why? Jesus deserves the best. Don't do the best for me. Do the best for Jesus. Do the best for the, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Right? For the Prince of Peace. For the one who deserves everything. The one who saved our souls. The one who now we're enslaved to. Right? And we're joyfully singing, God, what would you like me to do? Because it is a, you have set me free. And now I can live life forever with you. So I am happy, God, to get out of my comfort zone. I am happy to get up earlier. I'm happy to work longer. I'm happy to do more. I'm happy to serve. Why? Because I'm going to bring my best for the Lord. Okay, I want you to now just take a moment. Oh, let me say this uh, about this. When you bring your best, you elevate the thing that you're doing. Okay, so... If you, it, it's kind of fun, funny when, when somebody shows up and they're overdressed and, and everybody else is, is not, everybody else was maybe I'm underdressed, right? They, they sort of bring, uh, they, they, they elevate the thing. Sometimes we have conversations on staff. There's certain events that we want to dress a little bit nicer for. Those events I tell Chad, don't wear a hat. <laughs> right. Say, so, hey, Chad, this is, this is one of those events. Right. There's certain so so we as a people when we bring our best we actually we lift things up higher. We can make your job as a servant leader is to bring the Lord's presence into everything that you do. And so when you step into the room, this is the attitude that you have. Don't wait for somebody else to bring Jesus' presence to the room. I bring Jesus' presence to the room. You bring Jesus' presence, right? So when I come to serve, I'm ready, I'm I'm bringing Jesus in the room. I don't know what you brought. I brought Jesus, right? And and so and I take this seriously. So I I I've prayed, I've prepared. I've worked. I'm, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna bring my best. Why? Because this. We're gonna lift this thing higher. When you begin to lift things higher, you'll find other people go. Ooh, I want to go there too, right? And suddenly, as as we're all bringing our best, we discover that we're actually way up here, versus ah, we're just kind of barely doing it. And there's there's so so this value of bringing our best is is really important, uh, and and it's challenging for us, because it requires us to keep bringing our best, it, like it, you know, sun in the as pastors, we say Sunday's always coming. Preach the best sermon ever. There's going to be another Sunday next seven days away. <laughs> Boy, I gotta, and it's got to go back to square one. But I got to bring my best every Sunday. 
Because right? if I just bring half-baked bread, it ain't so good. You guys know what that's like because I fed it to you lots of times. So <laughs> I want to bring a rest. So do me a favor. I want, I'm going to give you just about three minutes, maybe, maybe five minutes, uh, and I, I would like you to get in, in little groups. Don't, now, don't lose control here. Okay, don't, don't, you know, just like, I'm gonna, we're going to come back in five minutes, and I'm going to give you the last one, okay? So, but, but just take three, three minutes right now, find two or three people, could be the person next to you, and I simply want you to say of these five things that we've talked about, what value is the easiest for you, and what value is the hardest, and why, okay? So begin just to discuss that for three minutes, what value is the easiest, and what is the hardest of these five, and why? Like I said, don't move too much, because then we won't be able to get back together. Okay. All right. Let's come back together. Let's come back together now. Who's uh, who will be so brave? Come back. Let's come come back now. Come back now. This is this is why I said don't go don't lose it too much. Okay. Who who can be so bold and uh, and tell me what's the hardest of these for you and and what's the easiest? Who wants to do that? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead, stand up. This, this right here is hard for me. Okay. Uh, the, I, I think the easiest for me is the servanthood. I love people, and that's, you know, and growing and all that. And I chose the hardest is actually integrity because um, a lot of you probably don't know much about me. I have a lot of health issues, so I go through a lot of pain, especially today, which is funny because you were talking about your stuff, and I'm not you, Chad, sorry. Anyway, and um, because of that, trying to keep the same, you know, attitude through that when I feel like, when I don't feel well, it's hard. So um, that, would, that would be mine. Someone else over here. Who's over here? Let me get somebody else from the back. Somebody over here. Uh, for me, the hardest is servanthood. So opposite um, of her that always being humble and obedient and being um, treated like Jesus and smiling through it, that's, that's tough. Um, I do always try to bring my best, you know, and try to, to do the best I can, even though it's not always the best. Thank you guys for sharing that. Okay, we're growing in these things, right? We're not expecting that we have this all figured out, and but but we're by remembering these and intentionally coming back to them, then 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 this makes us stronger as a team. It makes us better servants. It makes us look more like Jesus. We we grow in these areas, uh, and it's when we share these values, then it helps us to make similar decisions. Right, uh, because if, if we have different differing values, then we oftentimes are not on the same page. Let me give this last one, and we'll wrap up. Number six is fun. Fun. All right, we bring the party. We bring the party. Lest you think this is not biblical. Okay, Proverbs seventeen twenty two, a joyful heart makes good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. If you hadn't forgotten, one of the fruits of the spirit is joy. Okay. So there, there is a reason why this is an, uh, an important value for us. Uh, it, it's an important value for us because 
if, if this ain't fun, then we're missing something, right? This is, we're like, we got the greatest deal in the world here. Like, we, we, we get heaven, uh, we get his Holy Spirit, yeah, we, I mean, we, we got the prize, right? This is, this is good. Plus, we get to be around people that are awesome people, right? And that, and that we get to see God working in them. That's it. Somebody told me, I heard this Sunday, this last Sunday, I heard two different um, miracles happen, two different healings happened. Uh, somebody told me in the Spanish service just now, Cynthia's mom, her knee, she had a pain. Uh, suddenly, uh, as Pastor Felipe prayed for her, the pain is gone. She's going, oh, also, she's like, I don't even know if I need my cane anymore. Uh, and then somebody else, uh, I think it was uh, two ladies, prayed for someone's uh, back and legs, severe pain. They walked out, there was the back readjustment, their legs uh, changed. Uh, their one was longer than the other, shorter than the other. Boom, they all of a sudden fixed. The lady walked out without pain. Right? That's pretty exciting. Man, that's fun, right? I, that's some fun stuff. Not only is that, it's like, it's just fun looking at people in the church. Because there's some weird people that show up <laughs> at the church. I mean, I've seen some crazy stuff happen. I was at a funeral service the other day, and uh, the lady didn't prepare adequately uh, for the song. She thought she knew it. It was like an old classic hymn that everybody knows, but she didn't know it. She restarted the song, I think it was eight times, Claudia. I mean, it was, it, it was more than eight times. It was so many times. It was, I was, I was like, I was like, just, just turn the music down. Just don't let her, don't let her know. I mean, it was, <laughs> I wanted to laugh so bad. Man, where else are you going to see something like that? It's just, that's wonderful stuff. I've seen the craziest stuff at the church. I, Pastor Tim, uh, one of the great things I loved about Pastor Tim is he loved to laugh. And we would sit in the office and we would just die laughing because he loved he would see the funny things and just and just laugh. There's, there's, we need to have this attitude and understanding that we, we bring the party. There is so many banquets. There are so many banquets and parties in the scripture. Like the whole description of the way it's going to be in heaven is a banquet. It's going to be a party. By the way, Jesus, he didn't just bring the wine. He made the wine at the party, right? I mean, there's like this, there's something about this understanding of what we're doing is, is a celebration. It's a joy. There's something wonderful about it. Uh, and, and let's make sure that we're enjoying it along the way. Let's make sure that we're laughing at ourselves. Don't take yourself so seriously, right? It's okay. Let's laugh. Let's enjoy. I love that picture of Jesus laughing, right? Because it just reminds us that that really is part of his character. I think Jesus probably laughs at us a lot, right? There is no doubt there's no doubt that he's laughing at us a lot. But too many Christians, too many Christians are so uptight, right? They got something stuck up there. They're like they've been sucking on sour lemons all day long, right? It's like, man, let, let your face know the Holy Spirit actually is, is real. And it ain't that serious. Like God is, God is still on the throne. So as we have the value of fun, we begin to enjoy one another. And, and it's attractive, right? It's attractive uh, when, we, when we exhibit joy. When, when people see us smiling rather than so uptight, don't get it wrong. I mean, when you're uptight, you'll get it wrong. That's just the way that works. Relax a little bit and enjoy the moment because God is in the moment and he's doing some wonderful, wonderful things. Would you stand to your feet? I believe that we are with a group of people tonight we have our, our, our just have the privilege to serve with a group of people on, on this team, and some are not in the room, of course, but that understand that we're in this thing together and that what we're doing is important. 
what you do is important. There are no unimportant jobs, there's no unimportant people, uh, but there is in fact an incredible task that we're called to do, and what a wonderful privilege it is to be able to do it with you, right? What a wonderful privilege it is to do it together. Would you just bow your head? Lord Jesus, thank you for calling us to be part of your family. Thank you for making us a part of your team. Thank you, God, that we get to serve in your house. Thank you, Lord, for the challenges Thank you for the joys. Thank you for the celebrations. Uh, thank you for all of it, Lord, for the tears as well uh, as those moments of exuberance. God, we just, we ask that you would make us servants in your house. Lord, as, as we close tonight, we're just reminded of the importance of putting you first in everything, of valuing the things really that, that ultimately matter. Help us to be those kinds of people. Help us to be servant minded leaders who are full of humility. Help us to be, Lord Jesus, the kind of people who, who bring our best in everything. Help us, Lord Jesus, to, to, to be the, the people that are, that are always seeing the value of those that are around us on, on the team and in the family. Lord, I just pray, God, for your team here that is part of Koinonia Church. Would you, Lord, strengthen and inspire them? Would you fill them to overflowing? Uh, would you guys just even right now just kind of reach out and touch each other, grab each other's hands, maybe put uh, hands on shoulders or on elbows, and let's just be connected. Lord, we just pray for our brothers and sisters tonight. We thank you for this team. We thank you for this family. We thank you for these precious people, for these eternal souls, Lord, that we're not only just here with, that we get to spend eternity with. God, we pray right now, strength on each and every one. Lord, would you heal right now bodies in the name of Jesus? Would you heal souls, Lord, where there is brokenness, uh, where there is depression, where there is fatigue, where there is exhaustion, where there is sadness. Lord, would you just right now, by the power of your spirit, would you infuse your people with your presence? Would you infuse your people, Lord Jesus, with that power of the spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead? My brother and my sister, Lord, would you right now empower them in a new way? Would you give them what they need to face the challenges in their personal life? Would you give them what they need, God, to move forward in victory? Would you make them overcomers, Lord Jesus? Would you give them more than enough, Lord, to bless those that are around them? We thank you for their lives. We thank you, God, that we get to serve with them. Now, Lord, we just pray, would you continue to strengthen the team at Koinonia Church? Would you continue to strengthen the church? Would you make the church beautiful? Would you bring many in, Lord Jesus? We want to be found faithful. We want to be found faithful. We want to be found faithful. That we would be people, Lord, who are found faithful and that would make a difference because you are the one, Lord, that is working through us. Make us shine brightly. Make us shine brightly for your kingdom, we pray. In Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Thank you guys for coming out. Love you, love you, love you. God bless you. And we will see you very, very soon.